0: To the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And the second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which teams will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, just... You just got your first dose. You were saying that uh, off air. Yeah, first dose of the vaccine. So uh, arm's a little sore, but uh, other than that, uh, you know, not too bad. It's been like years since I've gotten a vaccine. That is terrifying. Well, no, okay. So here's because like because I didn't never a bit... get a flu shot. Do you? Why would I get a flu shot? okay no. well like this year i mean i wear a mask most of the time yeah like i went on that so that's like that's fine but so the last time i was uh i did like a big like trip as you know in like grade 11 and we were going to a bunch of different continents right and for obviously certain countries you need certain vaccines so i had to get like a dangerous amount of vaccines in a really short amount of time <laughs> for all these different countries and i think that kind of covered me nice so uh but yeah, uh you know, it's been it's been good. It's uh it's been a while some time for the uh that Panthers series loss to, for the sting to kind of wear off a bit. Yeah. Um which is good cuz yeah, that was tough, but at the end of the day
1: it, it felt like a 7 game series. Is that like bad to say like it didn't feel like a 6 game series? No, yeah, I mean it felt like it was literally like a 7 game series that was
0: very even. Well, that's the thing. Like there were, you know, the, there's the length of the series, but I don't think that always determines how close a series is in terms of actual play. Like I think right. you look at the way the Panthers played in that series; they played very, very well, uh, and as did Tampa Bay, obviously. And you know, I think you know, as we said before, the goaltending was, was such a big factor in the series. Uh, but in terms of the five-on-five play, I mean, the series had other than the Panthers losing it had everything you'd want from a playoff series. It really did like that part of it too. And I think,
1: I mean, it had terrible refereeing, which was
0: a staple of any playoff series. Yeah. If you log on to like Twitter during any playoff game, regardless of who's playing, like you will just see like tweets about some obvious call the refs have missed or how this, this should be a suspension this and that—it's—it's it's every single night, pretty much. Something like that pops mm-hmm. up. Um, recording this Sunday, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some of that from the the Colorado Vegas game. I imagine we'll see tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we're uh, we're just we're ending the third period right now. Six minutes left. Yeah, so, I'm sure we'll see a few things tomorrow on Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure those people
0: have some strong opinions about that one. Um, but yeah, like it's been a week. It's been. You know, some time to kind of decompress and, you know, not put the loss completely behind you, but more just like reflect on on the season that was. Because I think, you know, obviously not the way you want it to end, but this was just such an unbelievable year for this team. Like you look at the year over year progress, like from last season to this season, uh, the team just looked night and day.
1: Honestly, and huge credit to Bill Zito for that um yeah
0: i think you gotta go a lo- in a
1: lot of depth a lot of depth and i think that's how the panthers were able to like excel so much this season is you bring in that much depth and it's just it's noticeable
0: yeah it's noticeable you gotta yeah the, i think a lot of the credit goes to to zito and, and to coach q as well for the systems that were in place throughout the year where it it didn't really matter because we saw the Panthers try a bunch of different line combinations all year. And it never really seemed to matter who was playing with who like guys were going to find a way to maybe not hit the score sheet, but create chances and be effective. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you, you mentioned depth. And I think a lot of teams every year, like teams that have strong cores, they always try to go out and acquire depth. And most teams do it's about acquiring, but it's about acquiring the right depth like the right type of pieces absolutely it seems pretty clear that the panthers whole philosophy in the offseason is just get a bunch of guys who skate really well and we're going to throw them into a really effective system and it's it's going to work and it did and you know the expectations going into the year were like pretty low for this team i mean They lost a lot of, you know, they lost some, some big names like, like Hoffman and Dadnov. And then you look at who they replaced them with. And at first glance, it did look like this team was going to regress if anything really Mm -hmm. without those two guys and the opposite happened. They just played so well all throughout the year, almost every, not all of them, but most of the new guys that were brought in, uh, had at least, you know, a decent amount of impact or exceeded the expectations of them uh, before the season began.
1: Yeah, I it's been so impressive. I mean, you, you mentioned speed and, you know, having good skaters on your team. And I think you, you look at who who Zito was able to bring in, and uh, I'm thinking specifically of just Mason Marchment and Carter Verhage. Yeah. Two like fantastic skaters, lanky guys who can really build up speed.
0: Yeah, I mean Mason Marshman. That that's Dale Talon who brought yeah, him last yeah, year, so but, he the credit there. But same kind of philosophy. I mean, did he
1: ever play with when when Dale Talon brought him in?
0: No, he didn't play last year. I don't yeah. think. Um, so this year, and so the credit there probably goes to Coach Q for getting him in the lineup, right? And credit to Marshman too for uh, progressing the way he has. But like him, Verhage, Duclair, three forwards that can just fly Ryan Lomberg can skate. Ryan Lomberg was
1: sensational in these playoffs. Like honestly, was impressive.
0: Yeah, like I think he gave you everything you'd wanted of a depth guy. Like your fourth line, they're more likely than not not gonna score goals and put up points. That's not otherwise they wouldn't be the fourth line. Um but he was you know in Tampa's face. He was fast. He was physical. He gets that overtime goal so I, I think you know he gave you more than you could ever want from from that type of player, uh, and really the same thing with the defense too. Like Gustav Forsling, right, which is just an interesting one too. Because like I think with Verhage, like a lot of his underlying numbers like showed that he was a pretty good player, right. And I think you can make a case for that with Duclair too of being a pretty good offensive player. Yeah, uh,
1: especially yeah, Duclair. I think definitely you you kind of knew what you were you knew you were getting in very strong offensive guy
0: yeah and verhage was kind of like the the numbers said he could i think they kind of just said he could be but he hadn't had the opportunity in tampa and so you 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 bring him in Um, yeah
1: i do think the the verhage signing was definitely like i mean if you can really say a one by one or he got two years one one per year
0: yeah actually i I got the contract up here because we're gonna go
1: i want to say one or 1.5 aav one. One. Yeah. It's like you can argue that Verhage's signing was a bit of a bigger risk than Duclair. But at the same time, how big of a risk can it be if it's a one million dollar A V? Yeah,
0: yeah, like he was the less proven player for sure. But at one mil you roll the dice on a guy who gives you every indication he might be good. Um, which kind of leads me into my, my kind of question here. Who for you was just the biggest surprise on the, the Panthers team this year? Like the guy who, whatever your expectation was before the season, whether they're new to the team or not, who really exceeded the expectation this year? And there's hey, a few guys. The, like, the, the, there's a lot of guys you could say for this, right? Like there are a lot of guys who are just tremendous.
1: Yeah. Um, it's tough. I guess. Just any guy on the team that just impressed me more than it doesn't have to be a new player.
0: Uh, it doesn't have to. I mean, like, obviously, like, your core I really, guys were. Your I really core want guys. to say Chris Drieger.
1: Okay. I thought Chris Drieger was awesome for the Panthers, way beyond what I was expecting him to contribute. You know, in to, to be able to have that um, safety. In, in net when your 10, $10 million goaltender isn't playing at the top of his game, he was so clutch.
0: Yeah. The thing and, for me that was, yeah. that was
1: such a good
0: surprise for me. Like Driega was really, really good this year. But the thing for me is like, not take anything away from him. And he did kind of confirm today that, you know, he's not coming back next year, which we yeah. kind of all knew and anticipate. And hopefully he, you know, he lands somewhere else and can, you know, get paid. Gets a a and, little per- more money too. A yeah. little more money and you know can perform and uh you know be a good player for another team. But he was like pretty good last year too. And I think the team in front of him was much better defensively too. So I think that plays a role in the success that he had. And obviously he had a terrific year, and you know, that was huge for the Panthers with uh, you know, kind of the mediocre play of Bobrovsky for most of the year. Yeah. Um the guy for me though is Gustav Forsling,
1: Bobby Orsling.
0: who, and like I was saying earlier with Verhagen Duclair, like there are there were clear indicators that those guys were good players, right, or and that could maybe benefit from more opportunity or playing with better players. You look at Gustav Forsling's numbers, you know, from his time in Chicago and stuff, and there really wasn't any indication that he was this type of player. Now. like the 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 numbers on paper he didn't look like a guy who was going to contribute as much he's a guy they got off waivers right for crying out loud like they gave up nothing for him that's absolutely right they got him off i can't stress that enough they just got him for nothing and he was immediately a top four guy for this team and a really good one who was just everywhere creating chances Uh, jumping into plays such a good skater um so he's a guy where i was like i didn't really have much of an opinion on him and if you know if i did it probably wasn't that high he just kind of seemed like you know a whatever six seven d who you know is kind of a fringe NHLer. but he really established himself this year on this panthers blue line and i just loved watching him out there
1: yeah uh and I was debating between two guys. I went with Drieger, and the Radko Gudis to me has been, like, so solid on the blue line compared to his, like, time in in Philly where he was just kind of a liability. I thought he he ended up being really strong and a really important part of this team. And I think what he was able to bring off the ice was huge as well. But, yeah, Gustav Forsling was – down the stretch was just amazing. And, you know, you, you lose Aaron Eckblad, your captain, your number one defenseman, it's not easy. And to be able to have those guys that step
0: up is, is huge. Yeah, no. And like, yeah, Radko Gudis was like, he, he was a fun player to watch this year. And I think he was kind of a guy like he, he kind of brought what I expected of him. Like he was kind of a bottom pairing guy everywhere he's been, he's been, you know, Philly, He's been in Tampa. He's been in Washington. um, And he kind of just seemed like that really physical guy. But I think the intangibles he brought, the leadership he brought was huge. And he was much more effective than I thought he'd be uh, with the puck throughout the year. So credit to him. Loved watching. him. just throwing the body out there. (laughs) I mean, you know, they call him the butcher. I forget what his nickname is. It's the the butcher. The butcher. It's the butcher. And it's a great nickname.
1: It's a fantastic Nick, man.
0: Yeah, just awesome. Uh, Can't wait to see him back next year, Um, which is kind of the the focus of this episode. was going to be on next year and looking at the Panthers' offseason here um, and and what they can kind of do. And right out of the gate, though, first kind of uh, thing that dropped related to the offseason was last night, today-ish, when it came out that Seth Jones – uh, was not looking to re-sign in Columbus. Obviously, highly drafted player, pretty good defenseman, uh, big household name. Uh, do you think this is a guy the Panthers should look at bringing in?
1: Obviously, I think you should look at it. It's It'd be stupid not to. Um, he's unquestionably a first-pairing D and a number one D on a lot of teams. I think they should definitely look at it. I don't think it's going to happen and it's going to be a trade, right? It's going to be a trade with Columbus. That's how you're going to get. It's going to be a trade,
0: but a trade where you're, it's going to be,
1: it's going to be a, it's going to be a Taylor Hall similar trade where the team getting the player is going to have much more leverage than leverage than they usually do.
0: Yeah. And the question comes, because here's the thing with Seth Jones is he has got a pretty significant reputation around the league. His oh, you know, I know some people don't like, you know, analytics and stuff, but his analytical numbers aren't great, right? For for a guy that stature. So my concern would that be on another contract, he would be grossly overpaid for for what he actually contributes. Like I think his reputation for being a good defender actually exceeds how effective he is out there. Like I still think think he's like I still think he's a good good player. But I think
1: he'll get, so, so that's going to be another question is what, what, what's the contract? What would be the next contract? And the number in my mind right now is $8 million.
0: So yeah, my, my guess right now would be that at a minimum, he's a guy who gets $8 million on a contract. Now, based on, you know, what I've seen, you know, and obviously Columbus had their struggles, you know, this year and stuff, but Based on actual impact on the ice, I think he's probably closer to a five or six million dollar defenseman, right? Right, like six million dollars. Let's I say. I mean,
1: there's a reason he draft he dropped in the draft when when he was getting drafted.
0: Well, that's because Alexander Barkov was just too good to well, pass out. Also, up. also. And I think honestly, if he could go back, but I think
1: Barkov was still second overall. Tampa yeah, was third. Took Druin. Tampa took Jonathan Druin. I think. Can you imagine had Tampa
0: taken Seth Jones instead of Jonathan Druin? My goodness, that would have put them even more over the cap than they already are. <laughs> but like he's I mean,
1: he essentially would replace Sergev right now.
0: Well, yeah, or they don't go and get like David Zabard. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, so to me, like the the I think he's gonna get overpaid based on what he's done. But here's the thing though, is like What is Seth Jones, right? Like, what is he? At the end of the day, he is a big, mobile, right-shot defenseman. As the raw tools, that's what he is. And what has Florida done so well this year? Just take great skating D and make them great.
1: Here's the only thing. Like, it's one thing to want him. and It's another thing to need him, right? So you already have that number one right, right shot at
0: Yeah.
1: Right. You already have a guy to play on the left of him, Mackenzie Weger. Do you really need to overpay to get a first pairing D
0: to play on your second pairing? That's the question to me. Well, my, like my thing I... is like Seth Jones, like is he the piece that can put you over the top? He might be right. Like he, he's a very good player. Like if that's your second pairing defenseman, that's incredible, right?
1: Yeah, it gives like, you like, like that's those a, like, those Carolina, I mean, Colorado defensive
0: vibes, you know. Yeah, and like do I think like if you paid Seth Jones 8 million dollars in Florida and he came in, you know, with the raw tools that he has and the pedigree that he has that he could absolutely be a really effective defenseman and very very good on that second pairing and get even close to that $8 million value, I think it's absolutely possible.
1: I mean, and another thing you can consider is just getting him as a rental for the 2021-2022 season, whether that be at the draft or at the deadline. It's a, it's a valid point if you already know he's not going to resign.
0: Yeah, if you want to bring him in as a rental and it's a significant rental, you could do that. Um, but you As have long to- as
1: you're – I mean, he's going to be really
0: expensive. Yeah, the, the issue is that because he's announced now that he's not looking to re-sign, like it gives Columbus a significant window to shop him. And if you're Columbus, you're going to get your best return from a team that's bringing them in to sign him long-term, right? That's going to be the best return you're going to get, more so than just bringing in a rental. So you probably make that move. Uh, my big concern, though, is that the money long-term basically is you know, when guys have their contracts up. I mean, he'll be signing that
1: contract and he's going to be 27, 28.
0: Yeah. And it's fine. I don't even talk about like his personal drop-off. I'm more talking about like, that's fine. And you can fit it under the cap now, but when you have guys like Barkov and Huberto, when their contracts expire, when McKenzie Weger's up, right? Like it makes it tricky. It really does. And,
1: Thankfully, you're you're looking at Uyghur. You, you've got so, a lot of years until you know 2023 is when Uyghur is going to need a new contract. And you're fortunate in that position, but that's also Huberto.
0: That's also Barkov. Yeah.
1: Like that so, 2023 offseason is going to be horrible.
0: Yeah. So do you bring it. Like if you bring in a guy like Seth Jones, you're basically saying oh, one of our core guys is going to be gone in a few years because we're not going to be able to bring them back. So do you just bite the bullet?
1: Barkov is a year before that. Sorry. I I was looking at a And I think those
0: guys would like to stay, especially if the team's playing well, but do you want to bring in a guy like Seth Jones, just so you lose like a Huberto or Barkov or whoever down the road? No, you don't want to do that. Even though, um, unless you're just saying, unless you're going really all for it.
1: And you can't bet on the fact that, Sorry, you can't assume that both those guys are going to take team-friendly deals. You, you can't make that assumption. Even if they do, which would be amazing, you can't make that assumption. I you don't got, know
0: if they, especially since they've been so underpaid on these deals, I don't know if you can do it again. Probably no, not. I, I don't think. And if I was a player, I why would you? Like I me, mean, like, look, you know, look, like, look at
1: David Plasternak. That's That's all I have to say in that regard.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. He's a guy who just doesn't care how much he's making, but you best believe once his deal's up, he's going to want to get paid fairly as will McKinnon as will Barkov as will Huberto like all these guys on nice deals right now because they're on nice deals. They're probably less likely going to take a cut on the next deal because yeah. your, your career is only so long. You're only going to earn so much. It's interesting though. Cause all these guys that y- you mentioned, I just need
1: to pull up foster and Um, all these guys are the same UFA year, other than Barkov.
0: Yeah, which makes it uh, another interesting situation, too, if they end up reaching free agency. I mean, that, ye- that offseason
1: has the potential to be one of the best available, like, in terms of talent. Yeah. No, In, and we don't know what it's
0: going to look like, but you have to assume like there's no way Nathan McKinnon leaves Colorado. There's no way Posnok leaves Boston. No, nah, there's no and, way Barca
1: uh, Huberto leaves Florida. 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 Yeah. yeah no. Right.
0: Obviously, but
1: on it's paper, a lot potential. of guys expiring that year. Yeah. Um. So now, and you assume by that time, the cap will have significantly
0: increased. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you look at the big picture. I'm thinking. Yeah, you probably stay away from Seth Jones. Yeah. And you look at doing what you've done this year and find ways to get good value on cheap deals, which is something the Panthers have been pretty good at, you know, in this last offseason. So why not roll the dice, see what, see what diamonds you can find this year? Um looking ahead though to next year, I got their the kind of the team pulled up here. They are projected to have roughly depending on how you want to shape up your lineup, they have about 12 million cap, 12 million in cap space, but they have some significant uh, RFAs that they would need to, to resign here. Right. So you got 12 million cap space, but you have Sam Bennett, Duclair, Forsling, and Walmart who are all up and So of those guys, like obviously Sam Bennett you'd want to bring back.
1: Yeah, and the problem with Sam Bennett is like, while you weren't hoping for it, low-key you were, that he was just going to flop in the regular season and then come up strong in the playoffs. The fact that he did so well in the regular season for the Panthers kind of comes back to bite them in the ass in a contract negotiation, I think. So that'll be interesting. I think he gets... Obviously, he can't get any more than five point nine million. That's not possible. I don't think you would want to make Sam Bennett your your highest paid player on your team, but he's no. gonna, he's
0: not going to be far from there. No, but you would have to assume like yeah. I think for me, Duclair and and Bennett are the guys you for sure bring back or not Duclair and Bennett Bennett and Forsling. Yeah. Right. So now the question is. What's Anthony Duclair? The real question is, because Lucas keep bring back. is not going to cost much either way. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, and they have a, a UFA, you know, Alex Weinberg's a UFA.
1: What, I can't remember. what Did Nikita Gusev get injured, or was he just a healthy, healthy scratch? I think he was end? just
0: healthy scratched.
1: Yeah, so y- he's not coming back, I don't think.
0: Well, yeah, he's a U of ingo or ever. Yeah. Um, but see, if you bring back, Sam, like, you assume Sam Bennett comes back, Forslund comes back. The question is, what does Anthony DeClaire get? Are you willing to pay that? Or are you thinking you can find other ways to, you know, get a value guy who can play in your top six? Or do you think the young guys are going to, uh, you know, step up? Uh, so in your mind, do you, do you think you look at bringing a like, guy like Anthony DeClaire back?
1: DeClaire is a really, really interesting case because – Flashback to the end of the 20. What was it? When was he like really, really good with Ottawa? 2018, 2019? Last year. Was it last? Was it during was it the pandemic year?
0: Yeah, it was literally last year. Okay. He's an All Star.
1: Yeah. So coming out of there, I'm like, oh, this guy's like could get a significant amount of money. Maybe not significant, but significant pay increase. And then he signs in Florida for 1.7. And I get that the, the pandemic obviously affected that, but it didn't stop other guys. Like Michael Granlund signed a way bigger contract, and I don't I think Duclair is better than Granlund.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that.
1: So oh. it, it's just really puzzling to me that he was only able to get 1.7 million in this offseason. And he's going to have arbitration rights.
0: Yeah. To me, it's, it's, and it also, like, I tough. don't know. I don't know if, and I don't know if it's, it's, it's like, I don't think it should be your top priority. Really?
1: No. I, like once I you think,
0: get like, I think they will resign him
1: because worse comes to worse. They'll, they'll get the arbitrator contract, which is going to be one year. And I think they can afford to just pay him for a year.
0: Yeah. It, it depends really on what you want to do. And if, Because Alex Wenberg is a UFA and you could always bring him back, but you could always look somewhere else. I think, you know, based on the guys they have, like, like Owen Tippett was really good down the stretch here. Uh, Grigory Denisenko had, you know, he looked pretty good at points throughout this year. Mason Marshman also, uh, you know, another, another winger there. Verhage is a wing. So I think you, you got enough guys on the wing that you feel comfortable with in the top six where. You can bring back Duclair, but I don't think you're going to get that hurt if you don't.
1: But The the big thing that Bill Zito has in his favor in terms of leverage on Duclair is other than his ELC, Duclair has never signed a contract that's length was over a year. If you dangle that three, four year contract into Claire's face, he's going to think long and hard about it because it's going to give him security that he did not have before.
0: Yeah. And, and like, and I like, I like Anthony Duclair a lot. I think he's a good player. He seems like a good person who, you know, has had a, a nice impact on the Florida community, uh at least for, from what I've seen. So yeah, yeah of course, like and ideally you'd like to bring him back, but should it be your priority? And I think maybe not. I think, you know, you got enough. I,
1: I, I don't know. But what, ha, like, do you, then do you try and like, do you look for trades? What, what, what do you, what do you do? Do you just like try and resign him for a year or what's the, what's the move if he's not your priority?
0: Oh, I think your move is you offer him, you know, a deal that you're comfortable with takes it or he doesn't. You and can, then you kind of just play mind games from there. Well, you can trade him like trade his rights. Like there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. And like, you can also sign them just later in the off season, like handle your business first. And if there's room left yeah, over, I, go, I agree with Anthony. that, that, that last
1: mentality of you try and get it done early. If it doesn't work, you just circle back way later in the off season.
0: Yeah. Like handle your other business first. Like I think, absolutely, you know, you got enough guys. I feel fine within the top six, but I'd like to, to know who's our third, you know, who's the third line center next year. And I, you know, you'd, like it to be you know a guy who can you know give you you know something decent there whether that's Alex Weinberg or I'm looking at some other names you know out in free agency I think you know your, your biggest name's probably I mean David Krejci but he's not going anywhere right like
1: I mean it, we were talking about it we were just for shits and giggles we were talking about the Edmonton Oilers um you mentioned Phil Donnell to like yeah having barkov and Deno on the same team like that's two of your four centers that would be like a really really good in terms of expected goals against like your team would immediately shoot up i feel
0: yeah i think deno is such a great you know two-way center um so i like the fit there or you could look at a guy who's maybe a bit older so you can get him a little cheaper on a one year deal and i think he can still give you something like like Nick Benino, where like he's a big centerman he's good defensively he get 26 points this year that's third line production he's 33 he is not going to cost you a lot at all right and if you if you make that as a move for your third line center then you have enough room for Duclair and enough room to to look at your defense
1: where yeah where are we on the whole like
0: Pepo situation?
1: Cause he, he showed glimpses this year.
0: Yeah. He, he was a guy who like, you know, he was kind of like the clock was kind of ticking on him as, you know, as a prospect and would he make it or not? I like, I like sure. what I saw. I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure, you know, what to make of him. And I, but I, like at the end of the day, I don't want to be relying on him to fill a hole. Exactly. I'd like him to earn it get in with injuries. Like I don't, want to say, okay, like we're banking on Alex and but you like haven't penciled into this spot, start a training camp. Like I'd like a little, you know, I think one of the things too with the Panthers last year, like the internal competition was significant. A lot of guys, you know, battling for a lot of ice time. I think that overall made the team better. So just bringing in bodies in general, I think is, is, is a nice way to go about it. Um, but I think also like, I think, I, honestly, I think the number one priority though has to be the defense. And I think it would be safe to assume that one or both of Anton Strauman and Keith Mm -hmm. Yandel is not coming back next year. I don't know how it happens, whether it's a buyout. Yeah. I would, if it, if, if it doesn't happen, I'd be a little worried because that is a lot of money for two guys. who do not do much on the ice at this stage of their careers. Two Old guys. Yeah. Yeah. Two old guys who aren't giving you much, who are getting outplayed by other guys down the lineup. So And they just that just clears up cap space for you right there too, which is great. So is it a buyout? Is it two buyouts? Is it Seattle taking one of them and you're you giving up something to Seattle for them to take them? I don't know what it looks like. Do you have to give a guy like Heponyemi and a pick? So they take Yandel. I don't know what it ends up being. Uh but I think there's no way you can come into next season with both those guys on the back end.
1: Yeah. And if you if you buy out Yandel at the end of this season. You're looking at a 2 million cap hit. And then year two, you're looking at a 5.3 million cap hit, which is still less. Still less, still a lot. And then 1.2 in the next two years, which he he would have showed up. I think he would have showed up for the next two years. So really you're just paying an additional 2.4 over the course of two years to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, and I think I think honestly, like Strawman's probably the better player to buy out, just because he's got less years and he's got less money. And if you buy him out, then it leaves you with fifteen mil to handle your off-season business, right? Good news is your your goaltending's taken care of. I think Spencer it, Knight took the crease yes, in the playoffs. That's Stroman,
1: your Strawman. Strawman. Essentially, you're just buying out for one year, and then you're looking at a two and a half million. Ca- dollar cap hit and then 1.5 million the next year which is yeah it's like very completely understandable because you expect I don't know if the cap's gonna go up that much in the
0: offseason I don't know yeah, I, no, it I think they said it's gonna be flat for like five years no way yeah I think I saw that report somewhere that that's what their projection that is scary is.
1: that is terrifying
0: so you, you ought to be real, real careful with the money there
1: that is terrifying actually yeah it, well, I'm just I'm just trying to think the N with the NHLPA what they think of this because they must not be happy.
0: No, I don't. I mean, I don't think anyone's happy with that. But I don't. Oh, I mean,
1: I'm sure I I think the NHLPA would be much much angrier than teams.
0: Yeah, I know. I think I think so too. But that, that like that that can all change too, right? Stuff like that. But whether it goes up or it doesn't it's not going up by much not yeah. not significant amounts not in the foreseeable future yeah and so but yeah you get you, you buy out anton strawman gives you some room here some flexibility and it gives you the opportunity um looking at the free agent market for defensemen now like let's say you want to bring in another defenseman is there any name that you really like on the market
1: Well, I have not looked at defensemen that much. Can you, can you give me a quick list of guys that are going to be available?
0: All right. Well, right out of the gate, I'm going to – I
1: assume you already have a list and I don't.
0: Well, I, yeah, I got the cat friendly up. so. Uh, yeah. But let's say your probably bigger priority is – I mean, you could use defensemen anywhere. But left, you know, left or right, I don't think it really matters too, too no. much. No. Right? Like... I think you're just trying to get better at this point. Okay, hear me out. The money probably doesn't work.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Which is not a great start, but Dougie Hamilton.
1: I did not realize he was going to be a UFA.
0: Yeah, he's a UFA this year. Like, there, no, like there's some quality D out there. I mean, because
1: like, you're, Dougie Hamilton, you're committing seven years to.
0: Yeah, but he's so good. He's he, so good. He's great.
1: He's great. I don't think them and he's he's not getting Seth
0: Jones' money. I think it's more than Seth Jones. You think he gets more than Seth Jones? I think he's a much better defenseman than Seth Jones. Than I you. I agree with you. If he doesn't get more than Seth Jones it's a tragedy. I mean, I mean, I, you know, if it's not with the Panthers I don't really care too much, but uh yeah, Dougie Hamilton is a phenomenal True. defenseman. Right. I'd put him in that 8 million dollar range any day. He, like he's going to get that type money. Um probably not in the budget but it's a nice thought and then like uh Tyson Berry I mean that would just be younger Keith Yandel who shoots right Alec Martinez I really like but he's 33
1: so that's I'd love to take a look at a one-year contract for Jordy Ben Jordy Ben yeah I you know like that kind of like Workhorse on the blue line that'll be safe. That I mean, you can pretty much play anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes on any given night, and he's just going to give you a consistent performance.
0: Yeah, I think that's the
1: same issue though. He is 33.
0: Yeah, another guy who I think might be a sneaky good ad, and there is a familiarity factor here, and I think he can give you more than what he's shown in his career. But Ryan Murray. Right, like I 14 assists this year, no goals, plus three on a not so good devil's team. Uh Columbus second overall pick. We know where Bill came from. Uh Ryan Murray's played with some of the guys that are here. I don't think he commands a ton because there's no reason to. And I think he's a guy who, you know, is mobile. Like there's just he's a well-rounded player, is what he is. Doesn't really wow you in any sense. I think you throw him into the Panther system. I like it. I'm happy with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cost depending. If you want to yeah. go, if you like, and I don't know what that cost would be. Um, if you want to go, you know, you want to get some Finnish players in the mix. There's Sammy Vatninen, smaller defense. Dallas. Yeah, is that I, where he is now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's in Dallas. 29 years old. Used to be kind of an offensive defenseman. Now more a small two-way-ish guy, a little bit slower. Might be all right. Uh, You want to go just – you want to go – I mean, yeah, it's not going to work there. the, the, The
1: other guy, and we've mentioned this guy before, would not be a free agent. Would be a trade and sign or a sign and trade. Vince Dunn.
0: Vince Dunn any day of the week. Any day of the week. I'm just waiting for it i just want someone to bring in vince dunn so badly and just play the heck out of him.
1: you've got other guys like you know you can take a look at david savard
0: yeah like yeah there's some there's some names out there for sure like there's some there's some players like is my point it's just
1: there's like one
0: standout that i'm like i we wouldn't need this guy no it's kind of just like there's a bunch of different D that all kind of they play different styles. So it's what style of D do you want to bring in? Like, do you want to bring in that like good skating offensive D, or do you say oh, I think we might have enough of that? We want to bring someone a little safer, or do we want to bring in a couple guys and one of them safe, one of them's not, right? Like, there's different ways to go about it. But to me, I think defense got to be your number one priority this off season, other than re-signing your RFAs. Obviously. Right, like I think you yeah, resign Sam Bennett, you resign Gustav Forsling, right? And then it's okay. Who do we want to pair with Gustav Forsling? Or do we want to split up Uyghur and Ekblad and go Forsling, Uyghur, Ekblad, and whoever? The possibilities are endless.
1: Absolutely endless. I, I'm I'm literally going through every team right now. I, there's nobody that really like stands out exceptionally.
0: Except for Dougie Hamilton. But we can get to that. It's probably not happening. I mean, I can't imagine Caroline is willing to let him go. They have. I think influence. you
1: mentioned a few of the Arizona guys like Jason Demers or like.
0: Yeah, they're they're older. Like um, my, my worry is that like. Yeah. Is that you any try dim- and get
1: the you try and go on the younger side is the question.
0: Yeah. Like you bring in like Jason Demers like that might just be the same as having Anton Strawman. Yeah. At like but um, i mean out of considerably less of but then cost. but then with the bio like how much less is it like you're That's maybe true. saving like a mil and a half for the same thing what's the point
1: i forgot eric carlson is getting paid 11 and a half million dollars
0: you bet it's quite a, like
1: so long too
0: yeah yeah quite a bit or if i'm looking at it now because i'm still looking on d like if you just want to like Pair another physical guy with Radko Gudis, bring in like Jake McCabe. Just massive open hits everywhere.
1: Would you would you take a risk on Miko
0: Lettinen? Um I guess his, like why? What's his, I mean
1: his KHL numbers were really good.
0: His KHL numbers are really good.
1: And he goes to Toronto, which is an overly pressured market then gets tangled up in that trade to Columbus and doesn't really do anything in Columbus, maybe in
0: just a change of scenery, who knows? Yeah. Or he might, he might say, Oh, this was a bus. Go back overseas. We don't know. Right. The thing for me though, is I am until I'm proven otherwise, like whatever the team ends up doing, I'm going to be not really, I'm not going to judge it till I see it on the ice. Yeah. Because I've at this point, I have enough faith and trust in, the the management and the coaching that they're going to bring in, you know, someone who can contribute really. And to make this team, you know, uh, the same type of team next year with a lot of the same pieces back. Uh, But we'll, we'll talk about it more. We have lots of episodes this summer uh, and we're going to run out of things to talk about eventually. So uh, we'll save more kind of talking stuff uh, about that in the future. We still got to talk about the draft the expansion draft uh so lots of content we'll be putting out over the summer hopefully uh but in the meantime that does it for this episode of the podcast thank you to everyone tuning in listening and we'll be back on thursday uh, with a brand new episode so i hope you have a great week ahead and we'll see you all then